Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Broad Street Podcast, the official podcast of Broad Street Sports. I'm one of your co-hosts alongside the other co-host, Christian Cassenti. How are you doing today, Christian? I'm doing all right. How are you doing today, Paul? I'm doing pretty good. Well, since this, this is the first episode of the show, we'll be giving a small introduction about it. Go ahead and give the intro, Christian. Well, this will be a Philly sports podcast, and we will be posting weekly episodes on our favorite teams. Additionally, we will have episodes on breaking news for the Eagles, Phillies, Sixers, and Flyers. And for those of you who may not know what breaking news podcast means, it's basically like an emergency podcast. If there is a, a big trade, which could be looming very soon, but we'll get into that in the show. Anyway, thanks for the intro, Christian. We will now be getting into today's episode. All right, so for the first topic of today's show, we're going to bring up a team who is in the offseason, a potentially dramatic offseason incoming. That's our Philadelphia Eagles. They have potentially the biggest offseason in their future looming. They just hired new coach Nick Sirianni from the Indianapolis Colts after firing Doug Peterson. So, yeah, Christian, do you have any potential thoughts on the Eagles offseason? Okay, so I'll start with, I guess, the coach signing. Um, I think it's interesting. Not a lot was known about him from my perspective. He's a younger guy. It looks like kind of a low-risk, high-reward type of signing. Um, I guess all I can really say on him being our new head coach is we can only wait and see what happens. I feel like there's not a lot we can predict um, where he's going to be um, in the future with this Eagles organization. Um, What's your thoughts on the coach signing? I'm sure you have a little bit more knowledge on it. Well, at first, as of you, I had no idea who he was. I Remember, it was between a report came out that the Eagles had a 12 13 hour interview with Patriots offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels. And I was like, I assume that's the guy because you just don't have 13 hour interviews and not get hired. But, um, and then a few days later, maybe actually have been a day later, they have an interview with Nick Sirianni. I've never heard of the man. And then it said the interview lasted into the second day. Like they took a break. F- or something and then they went into another day but yeah he's from the Colts which is where former Eagles offensive coordinator Frank Reich is the head coach of and Reich was the basically the reason behind the Eagles Super Bowl team everyone wanted to praise Doug for it but it was all Reich Reich's offense who made the Eagles who they were and I think that was the main reason in the hire because Lurie and Howie, they saw that Frank Reich was successful with this team, so why not try to bring in a Frank Reich disciple? Yeah, and also just sounded like no one wanted to be the head coach of the Eagles. Um, I sounds don't blame like, them. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to be a head coach for a team, which I imagine during the times of the interview, if the person getting interviewed said, okay, so what's your direction? Is my starting QB going to be Wentz or Hertz? And their answer was, I don't know yet. Um, that could have been a possible reason. It's hard for wanting um, coaches to come in and be the head coach of a national football uh, organization, and they don't even know the direction they're heading into. 
And it sounds like maybe they have a direction with this Carson Wentz news, which um, hurts um, hurts a lot. Um, yeah. Jalen hurts, but we'll see. What, what do you think? What do you think is going on with this Carson Wentz news? Do you think in reality um, – Next time the Eagles take the field, Carson Wentz will be our starting QB. Do you think it will be Jalen Hurts, or do you think it will be someone else? So let me start off by saying this. I am completely – I'm really confused about the Carson Wentz situation that's basically been started brewing yesterday. A report came out that the Eagles were, if they had the right offer, they would trade Carson, which, yeah – I don't blame them, but I mean, I'd love Carson, but if you get the right offer, then you have to trade him, especially if you think Hertz is the future of the franchise. And then a report came out this morning from Tim McManus of ESPN. He said there's been a teams already making aggressive trade offers for the former number two overall pick, which is pretty incredible because why would teams be making offers if he was the supposed bad quarterback that no one wanted and no one wanted to play, but but I'm not going to get into all that. Anyway, but I thought the Eagles – I saw a report a couple of weeks ago that the Eagles were hiring a head coach based on they wanted to fix Carson Wentz, which just – this whole situation just confuses me regarding that news report. Yeah, what I'll say on that is I remember before we even got to this point, the main question on a lot of Eagles – fans minds and as well as well as eagle reporters was is it are we moving on from doug or are we moving on from carson and i guess it kind of crossed my mind but not really was the possibility that we move on from both um personally i think jalen hurts can have potential to be a, a good a good qb but not anywhere near in my opinion the potential Carson Wentz has or I guess I should say had that's why I'm I'm a little bit torn on this I mean it's not bad to listen to the offers if they really are going to be that good I mean pull the trigger I guess but I mean with this new coach and you're hoping for a more healthier team going into the next season and um nice free agent signings that maybe Carson could come back and look more like the Carson that he used to look like. Um, how about you, Paul? I'm curious. What do you think of Jalen Hurts being our new K- QB for at least another season, maybe maybe even more down the line? What do you think about that? Um, I don't think Hurts is a franchise quarterback at all. No. You saw that within – he had one good game against the Saints. And then the film started coming out on him, and teams realized how to stop him. And the minute they found out how to stop him, he was absolutely atrocious. But if we want a quarterback – if he's our quarterback for the year, say we trade Wentz, and you tell me that Hurts is like a bridge quarterback, you know, like to bring us to a new era of quarterback, and we're going to go for like a quarterback – if we're that bad next year, which I wouldn't be surprised if we're that bad next year, that we could get a quarterback early on in the first round, I would be okay with it. But I don't want him as the future quarterback of this franchise. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I see that. Uh, I guess we can only wait and see. I'm not hopeful for what the outcome is either way. I feel like either way, the Eagles are kind of stuck in that um, 
mediocrity kind of like mindset. This team is gonna be it's gonna be a little bit of time before I can see them being um, contenders and a good organization again. Unfortunately. Now you mentioned mediocrity, and I'm gonna bring that into my next point. Is Howie Roseman and or Jeffrey Lurie the real issue within this Eagles organization? Personally, I think Howie's the issue. And you could argue that Lurie is also the issue because he's like butt buddies with Howie and he won't fire him. But I think the only way you get above mediocrity is by firing Howie Roseman and bringing in a real talent evaluator because Howie is nowhere near that. The Eagles have missed on tons of draft picks throughout the last years under Howie's reign as GM. Yeah, Philadelphia has a strong history, not just with the Eagles, but Philadelphia in general, strong history with not being the best at draft picks. Um, I could definitely say that. I mean, I would hate to call out some names, but um, Mickey Moniak, um, Cornelius Randolph. um, Okafor. Four. Their own is Noel. Man, who was that but Fultz? Markel Fultz. The Eagles had Marcus Smith, uh, Sidney Jones, both first round, second round. Yeah, picks so basically Philadelphia Philadelphia sucks at drafting. Um, long story short. But yeah, who do I think who do I think is uh really the issue with the organization? Um it's such a cheap answer, but my answer is always gonna be both. <laughs> so I don't know. I have no faith in the Eagles, but I'll always just cling on because I know uh, football, things can just kind of happen that you don't really see coming. But in the Eagles' case, I'm not hopeful. I'll be watching from a distance in this next upcoming season. Yeah, uh, I'm, I hate to admit it, but no matter what the situation, I watch their games. And I bring my hopes up every single year that they're going to be good, which I really, really need to stop doing because they hurt me every single season. But anyway, that, that's that's all Philly sports teams. Um, but yeah, we both uh, see we both agree that it's going to be an interesting off season for the Eagles. Do you agree that it's going to be an important off season for the future of this franchise? Yes, I would say that. You're making a decision on are we trading our QB that was thought to be a franchise QB for the long haul? Um, And if you're not, what is your plans around him? It's a risky move if you are and if you're not trading him. Basically, there's no right or wrong answer right now. And that's a problem for the Eagles. When you don't have a way out of the hole you're stuck in, like a safe way out, then there's no right or wrong answer. And that's kind of where the Eagles are at. This offseason will most likely define the next few, maybe even five years of this organization. Um, that's what I'll say. I think that basically wraps it up for the Eagles. Um, my opinion before we move on to our next topic I think we will be doing an emergency podcast based on a Carson Wentz trade within the next couple days. We shall see. All right. But our next topic, the uh, Philadelphia Phillies. And 
they have had an offseason that was looked very painful at the start, and it's it slowly gotten much better. Christian, yeah, I'll let you say, take the lead here. Yeah, I'm excited. Ooh, the Phillies. I would say um, I'm not excited, but I'm happy. Um, I'm close to being excited. I would say one more or maybe even two more solid moves from the Phillies, and I'm excited because Davey D has stepped in and he's done the unthinkable of bringing JT and DD back because my dream offseason was not realistic, and that was bringing JT back on five years and DD back on a three-year deal, and he ended up doing even better. He got the JT, and he got DD on two years, which still – Still leaves us with the potential of possibly signing one of the uh, star shortstops that are coming up next offseason. And then we can just get rid of Gene Segura, that bum, um, hopefully in a trade. Um, but anyways, while I am excited, there is only one issue. And that is we are essentially running it back with the same squad that went under 500 with a few improvements. And you can... Like, try to change my mind the best you can. But in my opinion, maybe this is just because I love the Phillies. Um, sadly, I love the Phillies, even though they hurt me. Is that we are in the toughest toughest division in baseball right now. I mean, the Mets are all in. Um, the Nationals have made a lot of quiet moves that I think people aren't really putting much attention to, which... Nationals still scare me. I mean, you got Strasburg coming back. You still have Scherzer being number one. I mean, they can easily, they can easily win this division. Um, and then you got the Braves, which I don't know. The Braves suck in my opinion, but then they always end up being good. And now apparently the Marlins are good. Um, and then you just got the Phillies running it back. But however, um, the Phillies are the second team who has spent the most in. Uh, this offseason so far, which if you would have told me that going in, I would have said you're insane. They would never do that. They're cheap. But here we are. They have spent money under, I believe it's the Mets. Actually, they may be third. I think the Padres may have spent more. But regardless, they are one of the few teams actually spending money. Um, I guess you can say improving the team um, with quotation marks. But we'll get into that. Um, any thoughts, Paul, so far? What you got? Um, Dave Dombrowski is has my been father. a savior. Yes, he's my father. I didn't know whether or not I would like to hire at the start because he's known for tearing apart minor league team systems, winning a World Series, and then leaving. But when you're the Phillies and you don't have a minor league system, you can't really tear it apart. So <laughs> everything he's done in my opinion, has been a good move for this organization. You said he, he brought back Didi. He brought back JT, which I love that. He, he approved the bullpen. He signed Archie Bradley. He traded for Alvarado from Tampa, who's a low, high upside, low-risk player, in my opinion. And then you trade for Sam Coonrod from the Giants, which – has been there's been differing responses about that trade for various reasons but yeah anyway he improved the bullpen which in my opinion was the only issue with this team last year it was historically bad the offense he brought back the same offense a really good 
We had a top, was it top 10, top five offense last year. Starting pitchers are a little rough because you lost Arietta. Not that he was a star, but you, Arietta, you lost a number three or four guy. We don't really have people to fix, fill that back in. But yeah, I love Dave Dombrowski. He's done great things for this team so far in the offseason. Yep. Um, Maybe Davey D's one of his best moves so far was deciding not to bring Jake Arrieta back on a one-year deal. Goodbye, Jake. I think that's only a positive. Oh, man, never having to watch Jake Arrieta pitching again in a Phillies uniform is a blessing. Um, Bye, Jake. Um, But as for the starting pitching side of things, the Phillies so far have signed three. I guess you could say semi-bums. You know, they're known for signing bum starting pitchers and just hoping they're good. Um, examples could be Clay Buckholes, um, Helixson, um, some guy that was on the Pirates. but um, And they have signed Chase Anderson, Ivan Nova, and Matt Moore. What I'll say about Matt Moore is initially I was thinking it's just another bum. Um, his decent slash good days are behind him but i've looked into his stats he pitched for the korean baseball organization last year um a lot of people would compare that to triple a um it's not really major league status however he had very good stats his fastball velocity was up and i've seen some highlight reels it looks like major league stuff i mean if he's your number five that's fine. As for Ivan Nova, I would be surprised if I ever see this guy start a game for the Phillies. I see him just being an arm in AAA, and if we need him, we need him. And the signing of Chase Anderson, originally in my free agency plan that I had, I wrote him down as a potential guy that I want the Phillies to get after, and I stand by that. However, they signed Chase Anderson to $4 million. That is insane. He had an eight over eight ERA last year for the Blue Jays. Um, he's only had, I think, one or two good seasons, which were good. I don't know how I feel about the $4 million mark, especially for a guy who, like Ivan Nova, I don't know how many starts he'll be getting for the Phillies. I mean, hopefully he'll figure something out. Maybe they have plans for him in the pen. Who knows? But I don't know. Four million for a bum is kind of a lot. Um, which brings us to the next thing, which is there are reports that the Phillies have interest on Odorizzi, uh, Walker, and Paxton. Um, what I'll say on that quickly is if I had to choose one, I would choose Odorizzi. However, I would love Paxton. And if you look into a lot of Phillies beat writers and baseball minds. A lot of them were preferring Walker as a lot of upside. So what I'll say on all three of these guys, they would be all solid choices to be a number three and even a number four for this rotation that is still figuring itself out and coming together. Um, any thoughts, Paul? When looking at the three names you listed, Jake Odorizzi, Ty Juan, Walker, and James Paxton, I think my favorite out of the three would be Paxton because he's a left-handed pitcher and the Phillies just don't have left-handed starters. We, oh, yeah. yep. we barely have any, if we have any, I don't even know if we have left-handed, do we have any left-handed relievers? 
Jose Alvarez if he is coming back from his groin injury and Jose Alvarado, who, like you said, was a great trade for the Rays. Um, Adam Morgan is gone. Um, Ranger Suarez, um, as well as Jojo Romero, which all right. were all primarily bullpen guys. So as far as having a lefty starter, no, we do not. And with the new uh, pace of play rules, three batter minimum, it's nice to have a lefty starter. So, yeah, all three guys, great. Yeah, I'd go – so my order would be Paxton, Odorizzi, and then Walker. Right. That's personally my order for the three. Yeah, but as you stated, a lot of the Phillies beat reporters really like Taiwan Walker, especially um Jack Fritz. I saw on his Twitter he really, really wants him. But, yeah, the, the improvements to the starting pitching have been average, for my opinion. Just average. There's no yeah. big names. No. And I don't know. I'm okay with them being Anderson, Nova, or more, whoever it is, being like a five. So you could have, if we get Odorizzi, Walker, Paxson, you'd probably have Nola at the one. Wheeler at the two, one of Odorizzi, Walker, Paxton at the three, and then Spencer Howard at the four. And you could have Anderson, Nova, or more, probably whoever makes it, battle with Vince for the five spot. And then whoever loses that is a long-term reliever or just a reliever. Forgetting about the the uh, the big piece, Zach Eflin. Oh. <laughs> well, let's be honest. Zach Eflin is a – um. Hmm. He's kind of a baby. Um, he can't handle a 162 game season. I'll change my mind once he proves he can. He's shown he can prove himself in a 32 game season, but um, I'll never forget the heavy Eflin comments. I mean, that's the, <laughs> this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard when he said um, he's he feels heavy and that's why he's not doing well. Whatever that's supposed to mean. Uh, heavy Eflin. I don't know. I think Eflin has the potential, call me crazy, to even be a two one day. But as of now, I see Eflin as a three or a four. So if I'm um, arranging a starting rotation, I would probably go, as of now, without hypothetically signing the three Odorizzi, Walker, or Paxton, I would go Nola, Wheeler, Eflin, Howard, then probably Matt Moore. I would give Matt Moore a start first over Chase Anderson and Nova. But we shall see. Hmm. Yeah, so the Phillies. Yeah, so up next, we have – we talked previously about the bullpen upgrades. Alvarado, Archie Bradley, and Coonrod. What are your thoughts on those three signings slash trades? I think Archie Bradley is amazing. He's great. He's – great pitcher he's had all-star seasons um and he's a great guy on and off the field it's pretty been evident i mean one of the first things he has done since he signed the phillies contract was start the hashtag sign jt movement he added on to that without even knowing the guy i would imagine um and he tweeted out saying hey philadelphia what are some podcasts i should join um well you should join the broad seat Broad Street Sports Podcast um, first. Come on here, buddy. But um, And as for Jose Alvarado, he is also one of those guys where he's had like 
all-star caliber seasons, and he's had seasons where he's shown that he really does struggle with command, um, which is fine by me. He's shown that he has the stuff. I mean, if you just watch, if there's a Twitter account, The Pitching Ninja, he is one of the people who like was first highlighted on that account, and it's because if you watch some of his highlights, the way he makes the ball move is not natural. It is actually insane. His stuff is some of the most nastiest stuff in the major leagues when he has it going. He has a nice sinker, slider combo. I mean, and plus he's moving out of the AL, um, which is a tougher league, and now moving into the NL where a lot of these batters haven't seen him before. So I'm expecting a very dark horse all-star season from Alvarado. Um, We'll see what he can do. Um, and I'm expecting Archie Bradley to be our closer moving forward, but we shall see. And yeah, I would give, as far as improvements to a pen, I would give it like a solid 7 out of 10. Um, I think one more move and you're looking at a 10 out of 10 um, improvements to the bullpen. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say on that. Yeah, I could agree with that. They've been good moves to the bullpen this offseason. I mean, any move. Would have been good compared to that bullpen last year. Horrifying. It was just horrifying. But yeah. Now moving on. The Mets. They're doing a lot this offseason. The new owner, Steve Cohen, he came in, fired at basically everyone, hired his own staff, hired his own people. He's basically laid out a vision for the Mets and they're following. They traded for Lindor. They got, was it Carlos Carrasco as well? Yes, they have Carlos Carrasco, Lindor, uh, James McCann. Mm, I'm sure I'm forgetting a couple other names. But basically, they're signing everybody. Um, They will most likely have Bauer. Probably by the time you hear this, they'll have Bauer. Um, If I'm a betting man, a very scary team. But then again, they are the Mets, and they always choke. So we always have to keep that into account. But if I am, again, a betting man, I'm betting that the Mets will probably win this division if I'm just going off of roster alone. But besides Bauer, they have, like you mentioned, Carrasco, Lindor, and James McCann. I'm sure there's some other. Oh, they also got Joey Lacazy from the Padres. Um, so they're, they're rolling out with a strong team. And if I'm going off of rosters alone, I would probably say the Mets are most likely to finish top of this division as it stands now. Um, it's a little too early to call, but I would probably give it to them as it stands now. What do you say about that, Paul? Um, I would give – I could say that the Mets could win the division, and I could also argue the Braves. They're just – the Braves – and then I think a dark horse candidate could be Washington. Yep. And then you I, got the Phillies. I have no faith in the Phillies. Phillies, but they no, were no. the last time we went 500 no. or above was 2011. I'll be okay with a 500 team this year. I just want to be above 500. Yeah. I mean, I just want to win the division. I think they can if a lot of things go right for them and a lot of things go wrong for other teams. Like, I could definitely see a scenario. I mean, we know the Mets. They always find a way to choke. I could see a scenario where 
all these moves they made and these guys that they traded for maybe just have all terrible years and they suck. And I mean, as we know, this happened a while ago, but Cano got suspended again for steroids and he won't even be playing next season. And he was a great bat for the Mets last season. So see how they fill that void. Um, but overall, am I scared of the Mets? Yeah, a little bit. If they get Bauer, it's a definite. Yeah, they're they're probably the best team um, in the NL East at that point. As it stands right now, yeah, I guess you can go either way with the Braves or the Mets just because the Braves still have a really young core and it's strong. Um, a lot of their starters are young and only getting better. Um, but as for the Mets, man, the Mets are just going to met. That's what they do. All right, so are we all good with the Phillies? Yeah, I think we we could wrap it up there with the Phillies. All right, actually, one more thing. What is your prediction for this season? Prediction record? A record Let's prediction. See, uh, there, I believe the season is only like 150-something games. So rough math here. Um, Probably two or three games over 500. And they finish in third place. That is take my prediction. It. I'll take it. <laughs> All right. Moving on, we have a team that has caused a lot of joy in Philly this year. In the recent months, a team that could cause a lot of pain in future months if certain things happen. We're talking about your Philadelphia 76ers. Yes. Or, as I like to say, the best team in the, the national basketball association <laughs> that's what i want to say the sixers are an interesting team when the whole starting five of Embiid, simmons tobias seth curry and danny green all play together they're undefeated they haven't lost yet but the minute the minute one of those people are out it all breaks loose you saw it last night with ben simmons leaving it all broke loose against the Trailblazers, they got they lost by 16, but it they were down by a lot more at one point. Usually when Embiid doesn't come in, they finally won against a team without Embiid against the Pacers. Was that Sunday night, I believe? It was, but, it was a time and a half. But other before that, they don't win. They don't win without Embiid. They don't win without Ben, apparently. It's we need the starting five to play or they're not going to do well. That's that's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, if we're going into the playoffs with a healthy starting five and a bench that is clicking, um, the bench is usually 50-50, but I would say for the most part, they've been good this season. They've been actually one of the best um, with players like Shake Milton um, being great off the bench this season. But anyways, uh, yeah, I, I see us making a run. I think if there's any year the Sixers have a chance, this is the year, and I'm hopeful for it. Um, which brings us to second point here is Joel Embiid. Is he the MVP front runner right now? And my answer would be an obvious yes. Um, I could be wrong, but did he not just win Eastern Player Conference of the month? Or He did, but... One name that I could argue for MVP just won Western Conference Player of the Month, and that's Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets. Uh, MVP. Uh, I would love MVP. it. I'd rather, of course, I want Embiid to win. 
I love Joel Embiid. He's my favorite player on this team by far. Has been forever. But I, you could argue Jokic. I'm good. <laughs> I'm going to stick to Joel. Um, which, I mean, it's also mentioned Joel, Ben, and Tobias should all be all-stars. Easily. Um, I don't think Tobias will be an all-star just because of um, – fan preference and liking of players Tobias you know I'll be the first one to say he's not Joel but I mean he's playing like an all-star um I think Ben should be an all-star but I think he's 50-50 if he'll get it or not but Joel definitely I think Um, two of the three will be all-stars I'm picking Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris before when Doc Rivers was hired I said Tobias Harris was going to light a fire with Doc Rivers coming in. And I was right. I mean, I hate to admit I'm right, but I was right. Yep, you were right. I do remember that. And, um, I mean, it's nice to see. It's nice to see a guy on a full contract, maxed out contract, you know, almost living up to the money. He's, he's basically living up to the money. I mean, you want to average a little bit more than 20 points, but I'll take averaging 20 points a game. I mean, I'll never forget the ice in his veins when he made that bucket against the Lakers to give him uh, the W. Um, I mean, that right there alone, he, he earned his money for the year. That was <laughs> I was so happy. But well, let's see. I'm already thinking playoffs with this team. I mean. You have to. They're f- yeah, yeah, I mean, you have to. They're on first. They don't look like they're slowing down. Um, I'm excited to see what they can do in the playoffs. But I know they've had a great start to the year so far. But if you're an opposing team arguing that they haven't really faced anyone, you could argue that because they really only faced one good team this year. I mean, you can argue the Celtics are a good team. Yeah, you, you The Lakers, they all they've played to a top team was the Los Angeles Lakers, which we won. But tomorrow night, we play the Brooklyn Nets at 8 o'clock. And that, Christian, in my opinion, that is the biggest game of the year for the Sixers so far. Easily. Yeah, you could you could definitely say that. I would I would agree, I guess, um, just because they are in the same division. So there's a little more bad blood. Um, also with the James Harden drama with him. Seemed like he was going to the Sixers, but no, he went to the Nets. Thank God. Um, I don't want James Harden on my team personally. You can call me crazy, but I guess what I'll say is I'm excited to see what Doc Rivers has planned for the Nets. I, I want to see how he feels that we should stack up against them, who, who is guarding who when another player sits and how they guard them. I'm, I'm excited. Um, I'm hopeful uh, because I feel like, we're a more complete team. I mean, I know the Nets have an insane team. I mean, you know, let alone Harden, Kyrie. I mean, they're stacked. So we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm excited for this game tomorrow night. Really am. Especially being up here in North Jersey. I'm basically in New York, Nick, Brooklyn Net territory, whatever you want to call it, the territory up here. So... There will be trash talking involved. I can definitely tell you that. Yep. Um, I guess 
as far as the last thing I have to say on the 76ers is bring me Beal and bring me a championship. Thank you. I don't think I know you know how I feel about this situation, so I'm not going to talk about it. But yeah, that's I think that wraps it up for the Sixers. I think the season will be a bust if they're not a top three seed in the playoffs. But yeah, what do you do? You agree? Yeah, I mean, there's no reason they shouldn't be. Something have to go really wrong. They would have to get into a really bad rut. Um, I see this team more likely finishing in first in the conference than I do them seeing fourth or lower. So that's what I'll say. Alrighty, that I think that wraps it up for the Sixers. We're gonna move on to our final team here in Philly. They do share the building with the Sixers. The Philadelphia Flyers. It's been a interesting season to say the least for the Flyers. They have a 7-2-2 two two record, but three of the four losses that they've suffered have come against one team, the Boston Bruins, which it's not what you want to see as a hockey team. Wednesday night, they played Boston. They had a 3-1 lead with about five, five, ten minutes left. They had two late penalties in the third period. Boston tied it up at three, and then the Flyers took a penalty in overtime and ended up losing 28 seconds in the overtime to fall four to three. But yeah, I know you, do you know, you have anything to say about the Flyers Christian or not really? Uh, watching shootouts is fun. Um, <laughs> overtime is fun. Still getting the hang of um, hockey and Flyers in general. But I mean, hey, seven, two and two uh, sounds like a great record. Sounds even better. When it's a Philadelphia team in front of it. Um, I'm excited to see them achieve. Um, and <laughs> hopefully, I'm, I'm assuming they're on pace. I know it's early in the season to make a playoff run. Um, and that's if they do. Um, you'll catch me tuning in. Yeah, regarding the playoffs, I forgot to mention this. It's basically a three-team race for the East Division. Hockey separated the divisions this year because of the pandemic that's going around. You got the North Division, which is all the Canadian teams. You got the West, the East, and I believe the South. I could be wrong on that. But, yeah, the Flyers have a really competitive division. We got the Flyers, Bruins, Capitals, Islanders, Devils, Rangers, basically all the teams in the area. And it, I, in my opinion, it will be a three-team race to see who wins the East between the Flyers, Bruins, and Capitals. Flyers actually do play tonight. If anyone is free, they play at 7 o'clock against Bruins again. Hopefully they can pull out the win for once. But, yeah, that just about wraps it up for the Flyers. And I got one more topic to bring up, Christian. Go for it. What is your prediction for the Super Bowl do you think the Chiefs are going to win? Kansas City Chiefs are going to win? Or do you think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to come out and win? I got... Hmm. I have the Chiefs. And I have Mahomes coming in. Doing his thing. Running all, running all over the field. Throwing the ball. And putting the final nail in the Tom Brady saga. And setting him to bed. 
and Mahomes can come in and be the new GOAT and the new face of the NFL. What I'll say what I'll say with is um in regards to Brady, you should have lost um last time because it's gonna be much more embarrassing when you lose in the Super Bowl than if you didn't make the Super Bowl in my opinion. Um and I mean in the case in the scenario that the Bucks do win, it would force me to acknowledge that Tom Brady really is the greatest of all time. And got to be damned if I have to do that. Uh, so what, what do you guys say, Paul? I agree with you. I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to come out and win. I want my boy Andy Reid. I miss him. Really wish the Eagles never fired him, but that's for another time topic. Um, I think Andy's going to come out and get his second straight Super Bowl. And the Chiefs dynasty is going to just – they won last year. It's going to continue this year. Chiefs win it in a close game. Yeah, I think it, it's definitely going to be a close game. Um, I think it's going to be one of those games where you're going to have no idea who's going to about who's going to win it until you know it comes down to it. Expecting a great game. Okay, I know we really we said we were done Eagles, but I just got a report from the Colts general manager. It's nothing big, but you know I like to end it off with a little drama. The Colts, Colts general manager Chris Ballard said, we are exploring lots of options. I can tell you this. There's no trade going down today. So there will be no Carson Wentz trade today. If it's not with the Colts. If it's not is. with the Colts. But my prediction is the minute Super Bowl Sunday is done, you're going to see it. If there is a trade, I think it's going to be Monday or Tuesday. Well, that's the last I'm going to say about the Eagles. Because I could art, I could talk about them all day, and I really don't want to do that. But oh, the Eagles. Yeah, I think we're just about all finished up for this episode. Yeah. Um. Thanks for listening. If you're listening. Yeah. Thanks for listening. This is just a start. Broad Street Podcast. Broad Street Sports. We'll be back every week. We'll see you guys next week. Have a good one.